So my dear brethren, the uh, Feast of St. Michael that we celebrate today is a good opportunity to remind ourselves of the greater part of reality that we often forget about. I mean, the reality of the spirit world. So the spirit world is far greater and far more varied than the physical world. Where, where there is only one human nature that graces the physical world, the spirit world is filled with myriads and myriads of angelic natures. As different from each other as the various animal species that differ amongst themselves. In fact, far more different. So angel is a very generic term. Like, like animal. It's a descriptive label rather than a name, and it means messenger. So the angel answers the question, what? What is it? A spirit. But it gives us no indication of who, the identity, the personality of each angel. We could almost say that the physical world was made with the leftovers of God's creative power. Almost as a, an afterthought. Because the angelic world reflects God's power and beauty and glory in a much more complete and radiant manner than the physical world. It's God's best composition. God's best symphony. And we would know nothing about it if scripture had not told us about it, and if uh, tradition had not given us information on it. So our Lord passed on to the apostles, who passed on in their preaching, all that we know or have worked out in regards to the spirit world. The nine choirs of angels, for example, there may be many more choirs of angels, but we know of nine, the seraphim and the cherubim and the uh, uh, dominations and thrones and principalities and powers and archangels and angels. We know of them because Isaiah and St. Paul have spoken about them. Otherwise, we would never know they existed. So the angelic world is our Lord's or was our Lord's best composition, best creative work. Until Our Lady was immaculately conceived, and later on, Our Lord. So since the immaculate conception, and since the hypostatic union of divine nature to human nature, since that moment, the world of engraced and divinized matter, because that's what happens in the hypostatic union, matter, human matter, uh, human nature is engraced and divinized, made divine. Matter, the world of matter, surpasses in nobility and majesty the most powerful, the most beautiful of angelic spirits. So our Lord, in his sacred humanity, and our Lady in her immaculate conception, they are become the first and the greatest in the order of creation. St. Paul calls our Lord, in his humanity, the glory of the Father. And he proclaims to the uh, Philippians, 
that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under earth. And Our Lady, we know her, of course, as the Queen of Angels. So which brings us to St. Michael. St. Michael, Scripture tells us that he holds special rank in the angelic world, in the spirit world. In the book of Daniel, he's called the Great Prince, who will rise up at the end of the world and stand for the children of God's people. St. Jude, in his epistle, tells us that Michael the Archangel contended with Satan over the body of Moses, which is why the body of Moses, as soon as it was buried, was lost, was never found by the Jewish people. That was because they would have eventually given him such veneration that it would have turned him into a sort of demigod and fallen into a sin they were very prone to, which was idolatry. And finally, in the Apocalypse, St. John, he talks of this great battle in heaven where Michael fought with the dragon. Now, Christian, Christian tradition attributes to St. Michael the special duty of caring for the dead. So, over and above, defending us in the day of battle. Also, caring for the dead. St. Michael is heaven's gatekeeper. And that's why he's mentioned in the Confiteo. He's the he heaven's gatekeeper who leads souls to holy light. That's what we ask for in the very ancient prayers of the Requiem Mass, in particular the Offertory. St. Michael's mentioned in the prayers for the dying, which are contained in the Roman ritual, very ancient prayers. It's only at the end of time that we'll realize how active St. Michael is and continues to be at the present time. There seems to be very much evil in the world today, and yet that evil has not yet triumphed and will never triumph. We'll get, get very close to it because God wishes to test our faith and he wishes us to suffer trial in order to merit heaven for ourselves and for other souls. That's why his greatest friends are usually the most tried. Despite all these trials, evil will never triumph. And this is due to the incessant activity of the angelic world. God ministers his, his creation through his angels. So we could compare the physical world, and it's incredible when we think about it, the physical world to a hive. And the angelic spirits, both good and evil, they're like swarming bees. And God looks upon us amidst the angelic host. We are so very insignificant we are less than a pinprick in uh, in the universe the earth is tiny it's a speck of dust even less and yet all the activity and excitement is about us is about this world and when we think that this spirit world the angelic world is more beautiful greater, more varied than the physical world, there are many, many, many more angels in heaven than there are stars in the heavens. And they are all at our service. 
Demons roam the earth, says St. Peter, seeking whom they may devour. And the faithful spirits, they defend, they protect, and they nurture us. So anybody who is tempted to think that life is boring, they need to look about them with the eyes of faith. There's a great battle raging. There's tremendous activity about us. Although they are superior creatures, the angelic hosts are at our service. We don't know what sort of test they had to pass in order to earn their eternal reward, and some of them failed that test, as we know, but we can surmise that it was to do with their present activity, their present duties. In God's universe, the vision God has for his universe, both the visible and the invisible, the better endowed, the more gifted, the more privileged we are, the more he expects us to serve. And to serve who? To serve the less endowed, the less gifted, the less privileged, the weaker. The stronger are at the service of the weak. That is the order that God has imprinted in his creation from the beginning, both in regards to the invisible world and the visible world. And this was too much for the likes of Lucifer and his friends. And that's why in the gospel, it's all about little children. That's what our Lord wants us to become, wants us to imitate. They are the most cherished. And we have to take on God's vision of reality and cherish the weakest, the most exposed, and expend ourselves at their service. So we're afraid to St. Michael today that he always protect our school and our parish is dedicated to St. Michael, placed under his protection. And we ask that he instill that understanding and that love of service. That's what Christianity is all about. Love God and love thy neighbor. And we love our neighbor because God loves our neighbor and gave himself up for our neighbor. Understanding and loving the service of others, that's the only way that we can actually become what Lucifer wanted to become, like unto God. The God who loved us and gave himself up for us. That's what St. Paul tries to bring home to the Galatians. That's what we should be like. That's what we should be striving for. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, amen.